is the Venny White Show on In-Depth Radio, News Talk 1010. Good evening and welcome along. This is the Vinnie White Show with me, Vinnie White. A news-flavoured tray of sushi with some witty ginger uh, squirted with last week's news and a, a side order of comedy sauce. <laughs> um, my name is Vinnie White. You can phone the show on 416-872-1010. You can text the show. I know. I know. You can do anything nowadays. You can text the show on 71010. How are you? That's my first question to you. Do answer, please. Um, I hope you're well. I hope things are going your way. I hope you had a good weekend. And uh, it can be a bit melancholic, can't it, for the people that do the normal Monday to Friday drag, Sunday night. <clears throat> so we'll try and lift you up a little if we can. I had a good week. Uh, Thursday, I was in a dive cafe um, on Queen Street. And I was just looking out the window, stirring my coffee. And a police car, with its lights going, drove past very slowly, followed by a man with a Tibetan flag, and then another man with another Tibetan flag, and then another man with a Tibetan flag, then a woman with a Tibetan flag, and then another man and a woman with a Tibetan flag, and then a whole group of people with Tibetan T-shirts on, and then loads of people with Tibetan flag. A thousand people. A thousand people for the annual Tibet... Um, I, don't, I suppose you could call it sort of march slash protest. It, there, it is a protest in a sense, because... Although most of the people in the parade live here in Toronto, they are Tibetan and uh, there's a massive Tibetan community here in Toronto. And there's a great deal of misjustice when it comes to Tibet. It was kind of, it's just a bit like, um, it's like, it's a bit like an Asian Crimea, you know, a bit annexed by the Chinese at one point. And, uh, oh, that's awful. Yeah. And so, uh, and the Chinese haven't got a fantastic, uh, Human rights record, have they? Tiananmen Square and that. Tiananmen Square, yeah. Although most Chinese don't know about Tiananmen Square. I mean, they know about the physical Tiananmen Square, but they don't know what happened in Tiananmen Square. Yeah, you can't even Google the date, right? No, nothing comes up. If you Google Tiananmen Square, Tiananmen Square comes up. If you Actually, if you're trying this at home, you'll say, what on earth are you talking about? There's masses of websites listing the atrocities that were performed. But, of course, we're talking about in China, behind the Great Firewall of China. Did you know that? That's clever, isn't it? Yeah, my cousin works there, actually. He told me a lot about it. He says the internet's terrible. No Netflix, nothing. What's the point? How can it, they live? Exactly. I don't know what the, what it's for. Our email, I guess. That's I should, pretty much the only thing. If anyone's wondering who this man is that's just popped up and become involved in the show, it's Patrick, ladies and gentlemen, the producer, and a wondrous addition. He's a lovely little bit of extra sauce on the, on the already... Rich in protein meal that is this radio show. Anyway, so I'm sitting there and there was a little Chinese man next to me. Hey, Asia's a continent. Get over it. He was Chinese. And uh, he was sitting next to me and um, both of us were sort of captivated by this amazing amount of people waving flags. And it was really beautiful. And he just started this conversation with me. He said, why, why, why are they marching? Why, what are they worried about? There's a sign there they're holding saying freedom. They are free. And I said, well, I mean, they are free in the sense that they live here in Toronto, but they might want to return to Tibet. They may want their fellow relatives that live there to be able to practice religion, Falun Gong, whatever it is they want. So it's still, and their heart is still very much in their country, as mine is in England sometimes. I keep an eye on the news. It matters to me. Chinese... Human rights can be terrible. It's, it's hard to practice what you want to practice. And he said, yeah, good point. And that's why I left China. 
<laughs> which I so didn't expect. I thought we were going to have a massive fight. <laughs> and he just came back with that. And we both had a laugh. Do you know what? I bought that guy coffee. Hey, coming together. So that was that. Um, and then, of course, I was keeping my eyes on the news this week. We've got Obama and Trudeau having a continued bromance in the United States of America. Um, and it was very beautiful. Well, I think the only bit was slightly disappointing was Obama's pronunciation of Mississauga. Mississauga is a dwelling near here in Toronto, um, part of the extended GTA Greater Toronto area. And um, it's pronounced Mississauga, unless you're Obama, who says... This is always tough. Mississauga. Mississauga. And then we went to Toronto and Niagara Falls. Mississauga. I can do that. I love that he says Mississauga. I can do that. Evidently, you can't do that. Go back to Washington. So I had a bit of an argument this week. I went to Yuck Yuck's Comedy Club on Friday. Was it Friday? Uh, Yeah, with my girlfriend. Which, by the way, is just next to this building. I popped in here for a pee afterwards. It's a bonus. You want to know that? Um, Yuck Yucks is brilliant, actually. I've never been to that one before. I normally go to Absolute, which is very good. And I don't know if I just hit it on a good night, but the comedians were epically funny and a uh, great set. Woman in front of me, she was late in. She sat right in front of me, blocking my view. But fair enough, because she was on the front row and she's got more guts than me. I didn't want to be on the front row. She sat there, right? Amazingly, the comedian didn't notice this. And I wish he had, because I know he would have taken her to the cleaners. He let her get away, he didn't notice, when she was taking selfies of herself and her girlfriend, like hugging, and then she started going through, she was going through Facebook saying, and I can actually read what she was writing at a comedy club, it's great lols, you don't even laugh once, because you're looking at your phone. And obviously there's a rule in comedy clubs which shouldn't have to be a rule because it should just come with the general principles of politeness, that is, you can't use your phone understandably, because I don't know. I don't know what, what you think you're doing. Like so you're playing with your phone and then someone built a comedy club around you. How incredibly inconvenient from you. You knew where you were coming. You know it's comedy. You paid to come here and now you're on your phone. So I leant forward and I just said very briefly, um, oh yeah, just if you wouldn't mind, just do me a favour. Could you put your phone away? And she did that. I call it the King West face. It's where you've had a little bit of um, plastic surgery and or Botox and you look permanently surprised at the best of times, but mix it with resting bitch face and you get that sort of duck pouting eye brows stuck up in the air look. And she said, excuse me. And I said, I just just said, if you could do me a favour and just put your phone away because I'm, I'm sat behind you and it's, you know, it's quite distracting. And she said, and why would I do that? And I, I didn't have anything prepared for this. Now, I could list seven reasons that you should do that um, if you want me to. But the fact that we've even got to this stage is beyond me. I, I wasn't ready to have an... This is not a negotiation. So I don't know where it came from, but I'm so glad it happened. I just said, because I work here and I'm telling you to or you'll be removed. That's a great move. It works absolutely beautifully. Pop the phone away. And she got with it. Now, the fact that I was drinking beer, sitting with my girlfriend and laughing, doesn't mean that I don't work there. No, it could be your night off. Exactly. Come in there for the cheap booze. No, that's brilliant. I was so happy with myself. I'm proud of you. Thank you very much. That's thinking on your feet. Use that, people. You're welcome to that. You were backed into a corner and you came out swinging. Yeah. 
And you can't go half arse. You can't go, oh, I'm really sorry, Arsenal. I'll work here. It'll just be beneficial. You will be removed. It was a, a TKO, complete yeah. knockout, absolutely. Did I get some sex later that night from the bird? <laughs> no, no, I didn't. But, but she thought it was kind of cool. Um, can you say bird now? It's a bit 70s, isn't it? It's an, completely uh, your business. That's an English thing. Is it? Does anyone understand it here? I, I think every... I mean, there's a lot of people, I imagine, just from Coronation Street alone. Do they still say it on Coronation Street? Yeah, probably. I haven't watched it since, uh, you know, I was a kid and forced to. Do you know, because you, you were in England then, weren't you? Yeah. Yeah, you grew up in England, as you can all hear from his accent. Um, <laughs> do you know I've never seen an episode? Really? I can't get past the depression of that bloody... What is it? Coronet or something? Yeah, the intro music. Is that still happening? All me and my cousins used to make fun of it. We would do the wah, 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 wah. Yeah, it's, it's almost annoying as a screaming baby and not entirely dissimilar. It's pretty much right on. And the, the upbeat bit is... It sounds like a drunk woman in 1930s New York. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> anyway, how do we get to this? Uh, oh, yeah. So if Coronation Street say bird, then I can, because that's really sort of like the groundwork for all civilization. Anyway, I was with my bird, and she was very proud of me. Um, but I, it made me think, what else can you do? And I've thought of a few things. Uh, I think that what you could do is you could follow her outside, right, and then wait until she's about to cross the road, and she'll obviously be glued to her phone, as is everyone under the age of 26. Um, she'll be glued to her phone. And then what you do, you walk on the spot next to her. She'll be like, oh, because no one ever looks up anymore, do they? That, that went out like two years ago. She'll think, oh, it's okay to walk. And then she walks in front of a car and get killed. You, Jesus. It's brilliant, isn't it? And you wouldn't even get manslaughter, because it's not really your fault. Oh, but that's so dark. A little bit too dark. That's such an overreaction, I think. Do you think that me wishing death on her is a bit much for the fact she was using a phone in a comedy club? She was rude, but you're homicidal. (laughs) (laughs) She was using it in the front row, man! I don't wish death on anyone. Although, I must admit, I'm getting close with Trump. It's probably for the best, isn't it? Come on. Just one man down. It would save millions. Come on. There's that old question. In fact, I'll ask you it, Pat. Sort of hypothetical bananas. Would you, if you could, go back and kill Hitler before World War II? The the bat, I mean, uh, on principle, I think going back in time, no. If I lived at the time, I think, yeah, you you should try to kill him. But now that the way things have worked out, I don't want to gamble and have some double Hitler come along in the 70s. And uh, then we're... Completely uh, ruined. Are you saying and it's that all my fault? World War Two was inevitable by someone. It was a lesson that we all needed to collectively learn. Yeah, I think that was kind of the tipping point in humanity where we all kind of went: this killing each other stuff has to stop. We should probably focus on building things now. Yeah, yeah. I think we haven't had such an awful time since then. Things have been pretty good. Very much, unless you watch Fox News, in which case you're living in an actual version of hell. Well, you could panic about Christmas trees. That's one thing. But, I mean, 65 million people are dying in, like, a five-year period. Do you mean, ho- do you mean holiday trees? Hmm? Oh, right. Excuse let's get, me. Let's get to the important stuff here, okay? Vacation trees. <laughs> yeah. 
Now, if you watch Fox News, you, mu- you must think we are in Armageddon. Um, actually, this is a beautiful segue. Well done, Pat. What a great setup. You set up audio skittles and I knock them down. You are a fine man. This is a great segue into what I wanted to talk about. I am going to give you tonight five leaders, all of which I think are still alive, I think, which are worse than Trump to make us feel better about Trump. Five. Five. I'm going to go across the world and I'm going to talk to you about five leaders that are that make Trump look all right. It's our new feature. It's not that bad. Trump's a nutter, but he's not that bad. I've never thought I'd hear myself say that sentence. But in an attempt to uh, just chill out a bit, I think it's time to look at Trump's amazing recent progress. And, okay, it's scary. It's scarier than a little girl with red eyes vomiting whilst her head rotates 360 degrees. It's very scary. But in a bit to make all of us feel a bit more fortunate this side of the border, the right side of the border, and more relaxed about recent insanity in the US and the possibility of a president that's basically a mad racist, misogynistic bigot with little hands and apparently a large penis. It's time to look at the rest of the world. And we'll start tonight in Brazil. We should have organised some music for this. Can you find me music that is reminiscent of the countries that I mention as we do it? I mean, he doesn't get paid much, but we've got a poem to work. He'll sit there, right, playing pocket billiards for hours if we don't give him something to do. That's what he does. He gets paid a lot of money for doing nothing. So I think the least he can do is fish out a bit of music. Tell me what would be embarrassing if he could hear this. All right, Pat, how you doing, mate? Okay, so we'll start in Brazil. Is this Brazilian music? Just give it, type in samba. This is Brazilian music, but it's terrible. This is not unique to Brazil. Doesn't sound very Brazilian. No, that's what I mean. All right, well, we'll go I'll with it. I'll keep searching. Yeah, keep... No, unless we've come this far. You know, I'll get you ready for the next one. What is this? I'd rather listen to Coronation Street. Uh, the next one's going to be Pakistan, by the way. If you could get me instrumentals, it would be beneficial, by the way. Obviously, I don't really want to compete with anyone. Hard enough doing this show in the first place. Right, first, whose nutters can we look at to feel better about Trump? First of all, tonight, I'm going to talk about Brazil. Voters in Brazil elected an actual clown in 2010. Francisco Silva ran for office under the slogan, it can't get any worse. Silva campaigned for the office dressed as a clown, which, as previously discussed on this show, uh, clowns are the least funny thing in the world. Clowns are usually less funny than the funeral of a charitable child. Uh, But this guy was actually quite funny. Among his promises as a clown slash politician, he said that he would increase corruption... Uh, This promise didn't seem to dissuade voters. And despite being only mildly literate, Silver got more votes than any other congressional candidate that year, 2010. And Trump haters take heart. Silver proved to be an excellent legislator and was actually voted best congressman. He stepped down in 2013, claiming his colleagues were too incompetent to work with. Legend. So, you know, Trump's not that bad. You could have an actual clown. That's Brazil. On now to Pakistan in a bid to make ourselves feel better about Trump. We look at the guy that was in charge from 2008 until 2013. His name, Asif Zadiri. He was duly elected as uh, president of Pakistan. One of few nations to have nuclear bombs at its disposal. So quite important. 
Um, it might come of a bit of a uh, uh-oh moment that Zadiri, in addition to having power to cause radioactive holocaust, was a man who believed it was necessary to every day sacrifice a goat. Actual fact. The practice known as Sediqua involved the sacrifice of a black goat every day to protect against evil eyes. The meat of the goats was distributed to the poor. That's nice. Oh, that's good. Bonus. He only did one term. He was less popular than the TTC. Uh, as well as accusations of corruptions, he wasn't exactly a surprise. Uh, guess that sacrifices didn't work because uh, he did one term and most people hated him when he went out. So it's unknown if Trump has any goats that he wants to sacrifice. It looks like he's got a dead one on his head already, doesn't it? So that's uh, Pakistan. Feeling better about Trump now? No. Okay, Italy. Find me uh, Italian music, right? Actually, I'll get you ready for a couple. First, I'm going to do Italy, and then so I want an Italian instrumental, and then I want South African, all right? And I will come in there with a whip, Patrick. I will whip you. Actually, this could be used in a court of law. I will not whip you. Italy. Well, if ever there were a European doppelganger to Donald Trump, it's Italy's Silvio Bunga Bunga Berlusconi. Eh! What do you get? Uh, Elected Prime Minister of Italy four times. Berlusconi was, of course, a media mogul, a womaniser, and the most Italian man in the world. Uh, after the World Trade Center attacks, Berlusconi remarked in comments that could easily have come from Donald Trump's mouth, We must be aware of the superiority of our civilization, Italy. We have respect for human rights, in contrast to Islamic countries. Which, in fairness, if he'd have focused on a couple of countries, a few Islamic countries, he'd actually have had a point. But he sort of said that all Islamic countries don't have any human rights, which... I think Islam's got 1.7 billion followers, making 22% of the world population. So, quite quite a big diss. Uh, Berlusconi verbally abused his political enemies, comparing them to Nazis. His scandals were fantastic. Uh, he quite often enjoyed uh, corruption, general incompetence, extramarital affairs, children out of wedlock, prostitutes, underage girls, mafia connections, and everyone's favourite, tax fraud. Uh, currently barred from political office due to tax convictions, Berlusconi has been reportedly considering running for parliamentary office in Estonia. You can't keep that man down. As you can't keep his love banana down. He should be banned from Viagra. That would be a good start. Uh, so we're looking around the world here on the Vinnie White Show at Dodgy Leaders in a bid to make us feel better about Trump. We move now uh, to South Africa. Oh, oh, I like this. Uh, whatever you might say about Donald Trump, you can't say that he's had six wives, 20 children, or believes in polygamy. Yes, elected president in South Africa in 2008, Jacob Zuma is dodgier than a $7 bill. Prior to his election, he avoided a rape conviction by convincing the jury that the sex was consensual, although serving on a government HIV committee that widely recommended the use of condoms. Zuma himself admitted he knew the woman in question was HIV positive, and yet he still didn't use a condom. He famously said he, quote, took a shower afterwards because that would minimise the risk of contracting the disease. Couldn't make it up. Besides accusations of corruption, Zuma's most Trumpian similarity might be the use of his colourful language. On accusations of being a crook, he said, 
Me? I must go to the dictionary and learn what a crook is. I've never been a crook. I can tell you that. Uh, on Gay People, he said, same-sex marriage is a disgrace to the nation of God, and when I was growing up, any homosexual wouldn't have stood in front of me. If he did, I'd knock him out. Nice fella. Nice fella. Um, but it gets worse than that, actually. This one's amazing. Jacob Zuma spent $25 million in taxpayers' money doing up his house. He said it was for safety reasons, right? And when people said safety reasons, how come you've got a $2 million swimming pool? He said, and I quote, the best water source available on site to replenish the fire engine should there be a fire is a swimming pool. Beautiful. That's false. That's great, isn't it? Almost admirable. It's a shame there hasn't been a chance to test that, actually. He also has an amphitheatre installed in the grounds where he said it's necessary to prevent soil erosion by heavy vehicles, including fire engines and armoured police cars, so I had to build an amphitheatre. What? So there you go. Um, Shall we continue? Do you want another one? Of course, I'm ready to go. All right, Mexico. I guess you're going to get me. Let's see how cliche we can get. Mexico. Well, we know that Trump hates them and he wants to put them all behind a wall, but for weird candidates, Trump will never beat Morris. That's because Morris is a cat. And he almost became a mayor in the state capital of Veracruz in Mexico. Much as Americans think Donald Trump is flourishing because of the sort of weak, uh, uninspiring candidates that he's facing, it seems Morris benefited a bit from that himself. A couple of Mexican activists, dismayed at the mayoral candidates they were expected to choose from, registered their pet cat, Morris, to run. Um, They were trying to make a humorous point, but Morris actually got over 12,000 votes and beat, among others, Mexico's largest leftist political party. And Morris never actually got in as mayor. After all, uh, he did lose the election. So there you are. Apparently there is one, though, actually. Stubbs is a feline mayor in uh, a small town in Alaska, and he's been there since 1998. I don't think it's that stupid. Maybe this cat-politician thing isn't so outlandish after all. What can a cat do? It can only kill a couple of birds. Uh, And the final one I'm going to tell you about is in Japan. So if you think Trump's bad, hang on to yourself and learn about this guy. One person you can bet the bank Donald Trump will never be compared to is the Japanese assemblyman, Ryotaro Nonomuro. Uh, he was accused of using public money for personal use, including numerous visits to a spa town, possibly using prostitutes. Now, if it was Trump, of course, he'd just deny, 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 as he does with everything. But no, not this guy. Instead, he held a press conference where he wailed and wailed and wailed. And never was a public apology so fascinating. His loss of face has now been viewed over two million times on YouTube, and they've even done a porn film parody of it. So uh, if you're interested as to why this came about, he had $19,000 of embezzled funds, and when he apologised for it, he sounded like this. (laughs) He's saying there, basically, I can't believe I did... <laughs> I can't believe I spent all this money, I'm sorry. Gorgeous. One more whale, just one more. There you go, beautiful. <laughs> so there you go. After all that, you probably don't feel any better and you're probably still petrified that Donald Trump will get him. We'll be back after a break. I'm going to talk to Amanda Capito about all things Newsy Poos next. You're tuned in to The Vinnie White Show on In-Depth Radio. 
News Talk 1010. Is it a bird? Is it a plane? No, but it's sure a vision of loveliness. It's Amanda Capito, the audio oozing pleasure. Oh, audio oozing pleasure. Yeah. Thank you. Hello. You've got a good radio voice, I think. Thank you. Well, today it's a bit raspy, but... Yeah, what have you been doing? I don't... You know, I just really like to talk. I really didn't do anything crazy. I've just been talking a lot to a lot of people. (laughs) At the risk of being slightly offensive, you sound a bit like someone that's been a vacation rep. Great. In, for example... Cancun on okay. spring break <laughs> and you've been doing shots every night and telling um, teenagers and slightly older people to strip off. I swear I'm not doing that. Good. <laughs> <laughs> well, that sounds convincing. <laughs> oh, there you go, everyone. We know about Amanda's other life as a raving alcoholic. But as this life, she will be professional, dainty and exquisite as always as she guides us through the difficult challenge of newsy poos with Vinnie White and Amanda Capito, our resident news junkie and anchor. Hello. Hello, mate. Um, I'm going to start, if I may, with a little story. Start with a story. Out of Alberta. Okay. Where, where they, great uh, stories start from. Alberta is a little bit, if you're not familiar with Canada, you know, like, they're a bit bonkers and they like um, trucks and stuff in Texas. <laughs> <laughs> We've got our own Texas and it's called Alberta. So it's much more apologetic and gentle. You said it. Um but it is quite blokey. It's quite conditions, yes. mounties, etc. Yes. So why then would it be surprising that a lot of people wear the old baseball caps, right? Some people wear them here too. Yeah, nothing wrong with that. But I'd say if they were to do a survey on the most baseball caps per capita, it would probably be Alberta, wouldn't it? I don't know. That's a really interesting survey. I don't know. Can someone text in on 71010? Just get on your Google and Google <laughs> the most baseball caps per capita in Canada. <gasps> Who would have funded this report, <laughs> this study? I'm sure it's out there, definitely. I mean, okay. Do you know I met my... Actually, I'm, I'm sort of in this country because of a baseball cap. Really? Yeah. Now, is that the story we need to start with today? Well, we'll because... start with that and then we'll move on to the story in Alberta. Great. This, that's a huge tease. Okay, how did the baseball cap bring you to Canada? When I was in a nightclub in Brighton on the south coast of England, where I'm from, I saw a girl, extraordinarily attractive, with a baseball cap on, on a Saturday night, which is quite rare even here in Toronto, really. It's not Saturday night wear, is it? It's more right. Sunday night, sorry, unless, Sunday morning wear, getting, going out to get a pint of milk. And, yeah, unless there was a sports team playing. Very Saturday much, night. very yeah. much. Yeah. And um, I think it was an Ottawa Senators cap. Not that I knew what the Ottawa Senators were at the oh, time. Oh, okay. Um, so I went over to her and I said, uh, hey, you must be American. And she said, as we've all, all Canadians have suffered, no, I'm not, I'm Canadian. And she said, but how did you know that? Because I wasn't even talking. And I said, because you're wearing a baseball cap on a Saturday night. And then I fell in love with her. Aww. Yeah. And then I moved to Canada for her. And then we broke up and she moved to Guatemala. Okay. <laughs> I always like to get a big bit of nice. distance. Okay. It was either me go back to England or she could bugger off to Guatemala. And you're like, I'm taking Canada, so yeah, see you later. Exactly. <laughs> you asked me here, I'm bloody well staying. <laughs> It's mine now. It's like most couples do with a house, but yes, I did it with, with the, the country. country. <laughs> well, I'm glad that's what you got out of the divorce. Yeah, I wouldn't have had this house if it wasn't for you, so I'm bloody well staying. <laughs> so she went off down to Guatemala and, and got married to a Guatemalan. Actually, I hear she's coming back because she's had a baby, and I don't think she wants the baby to grow up in... Um... If you're listening, Lisa, by the way, I, I still think you're very wonderful. Sorry it didn't work out. <laughs> 
She said it was an amicable breakup. I just got a bit bored, to be honest. That's okay. And I'm sure she felt exactly the same. Bored I, with Vinny White? Oh, How so? I How possible? You could be bored of just the sheer pain and ag- agony of me being curious about everything and talking so much. <laughs> um, so okay, so back to Alberta there now. Yeah. With the baseball hats. Now we go to Alberta baseball cap land. Baseball hat land? Yeah, sure. All right. And... Um, there's a guy that's there, right? Okay. And, and he says, um, he, his opinion is everybody should have the right to wear whatever they want on their head as a dressing, as long as they're not obscuring their face and it's not offensive, right? For what? For like license wow. photos? Yes. I knew it. I exactly. knew it. Exactly. He says, I have very personal beliefs about my hat. I want to wear it just as personal as somebody's religious beliefs, he says. I don't have the right to trample on their religious beliefs to wear anything, so nobody should have the right to trample on my personal beliefs to wear my hat. The guy's called Mr. Eglison, and uh, he said he went to renew his expired driver's license, I think it was last week, and uh, he paid all the outstanding fines and the renewal fee, as we all have to do. Oh, I forgot about that ticket. Mm. It's doubled. (laughs) Um, But when it came time to take his photograph, he was asked to remove his hat. Every time they've asked me to do this, they always asked me to remove my baseball cap. So this time I shook my head and I said, what a stupid law. He said, this time I'm standing my ground. Oh, goodness. So he didn't take it off, right? The registry office said that they would not issue him a new card. So he walked out. A spokeswoman for Service Alberta said uh, people who wear head coverings for religious and medical reasons can keep them on for driving license or identification photos if they are worn daily for these purposes. But head coverings for fashion, work or even safety reasons need to be removed briefly for a photograph. And she goes on and on and on in a very you know politically correct way to say basically this guy's not getting a license. Right. Now he says, no, I'm going to take this all the way to the Supreme Court of Canada. <sighs> so. Okay. Well, I think he said that, and then he worked out that it would cost a lot of money. Yeah. And then he thought, oh, I can't be bothered. So I'm not sure he will because he's not saying it anymore. But he's had some supporters on his Facebook page saying, keep going, Ken. And if he's got any brains, he'll crowdfund it because he could probably get enough people to. I guess, go but for I don't. It. I have a problem with people just fighting for the sake of fighting. If he was trying to, you know, like we all know, yeah. we get the argument. You want your freedom of expression and you want to be able to wear your hat, but to compare your hat to a turban, like, you know, I don't I don't see it. And you're just clogging up the the justice system. We have other more important things that need to go to Supreme Court. Well, you could say that about many cases. I mean, if you were to if that's your argument, then you can only tackle the really important ones about murder and stuff at the top. No, but I'm saying something re- like he is he's not even claiming that it's his religious that his baseball cap is part of his religion. He's just saying he doesn't feel like taking it. He's trying to prove a point. By the way, it's the Oilers. I should should have mentioned oh, okay, that. Okay, great. So, <laughs> it should absolutely be removed. Like <laughs> um, you know, it's just it's I know know what he what he's trying to do here yeah. and I, there's I, other ways of doing it i hear you well is there yeah he could start petitions he could actually go sit down with his mp and have a meeting and try to push forth some legislation that's going to impact that's actually the proper way of impacting the changing of that law you know what i mean for, for his province i know what you mean how do you feel about the argument that we should just do away with the whole thing and force everyone to take off all of headdresses all possible uh, garments for head I understand the equality argument in that, and that's a little bit more of a complicated issue. I naturally want to respect people's religious points of view. But then there's the guy who says that he needs to wear a pasta strainer on his head because that's his religious view. You know this one, right? I know it very well. In so, fact, Pastafarian... Oh, here he is. Okay. ...have the right <laughs> to have the right to keep their headdress, yes. which, by the way, in case you don't know about this movement, it's a gimmicky joke 
opposition to religion movement. Well, I should imagine they're mostly atheists. I'm not sure. Um, who put colanders on their head. Yeah. Otherwise known as spaghetti strainers. And uh, look extremely dashing and charming. That's a lovely fashion <laughs> manoeuvre. Um, well, they've had a big impact in the States. So it's really interesting, actually, because perhaps their message is making more change than they ever set out to. Pastafarians in Utah, Texas, Massachusetts are allowed to wear colanders on their heads. But it's gone across the world. Yeah. Now there's Pastafarians that are allowed to wear colanders <laughs> on their head in their ID photographs in Austria, Russia, the Czech Republic, and possibly soon coming to the UK. Wow. I didn't realise it was so widespread. Yeah. Oh, everyone likes a bit of pasta. So it might happen if this guy can get the money together and he takes the Supreme Court of Canada... It's a perfectly valid. Case. So they're taking. They take the angle though of that. That's their religion, which is this a is far the cleverer one because that's then why. you blend in with the existing legislature, and it's hard to he, draw a line. This yeah. guy's just going. I don't want to take off my baseball cap. Exactly. Like, get out of so here. So the only way I'll win it is if he says the Oilers are religion, and when right. I go to a stadium, for me, it's a church, and I pray to right. the hockey gods. Which you know, it's not that un-Canadian. Yes, There's people that are nearly there. I'm sure. So. And I know this is mocking the system, and that's their whole point. But if you're going to... So that's what I say. If you're going to try to fight the system and make a point, do it properly. Do yeah. it like the Bosafarians. And you know what? They are getting their point across. And if, and I hope that they're actually taking some other measures as well and fighting for this cause and getting the proper sit-downs with the proper politicians and trying to actually make a, a, you know, a change rather than just this gimmicky thing for... You know, just to to get a laugh and to get into the news. Yeah. But you know, this guy who's just the one off, who just doesn't want to, who's going to storm out of there because he doesn't want to take his hockey hat off and then go. I'm taking it to Supreme Court. Like I just think he's he's doing it all wrong. He's doing it all wrong. Yeah. For the wrong reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd like to see like the Pastafarians that they believe in this flying spaghetti monster. It'd be good if if you're going to wear a colander, right? Why don't you also have some? cooked spaghetti taped to the inside so that it appears that the spaghetti is hair <laughs> I mean do I have to come up with everything <laughs> <laughs> I mean that would solve the problems for men who are concerned about balding this is the Vinnie White Show on In-Depth Radio News Talk 1010 Hi, right, Patrick the producer have you ever used the Up Express no you know what it is? Is that the one that goes right to the airport? When you say the one, what the do you mean? The subway or train thing. Not a subway, it's a train. Yeah. How much do you think it would cost for a ticket to the airport? It, I know it's super expensive, something like $28. Very good. How much do you think it should cost? Um, <laughs> 10 bucks. I wouldn't mind, you know, 10 if it came out to a total of $10, all I had to do is give one bill. I could deal with that. We're talking about the Up Express, and uh, this is all under Metrolinx, which is the Ontario Regional Transportation Agency, Metrolinx, or as I call it, the 1950s. Uh, Metrolinx set a one-way fare from the uh, Union Pearson Express last year. They knew for years from its own extensive studies that a fare in the 10 to $15 range, basically exactly what you just said, uh, was most likely to attract sufficient passengers. They did studies. They actually did studies. They knew it. They actually knew. Oh. Ten to $15. Ten to $15. So what price did they set it? Twenty-seven fifty. 
resulting in a train that has, of course, been mostly empty and incapable of meeting its operating costs from the money collected. If Metrolinx was a homeless person, it would probably have a sign saying, I've made some foolish decisions, need money for food. Um, their explanation for rip-off prices is, is two parts. Um, the first thing they said was, well, it was guided by a fair structure of airport express trains in other cities. Which I would say, well, but we're not in another city. <laughs> so, and also, how far were the airports from those cities? And what was the currency and so on and so on? You know, what's the cost of living? Because I think that there's no way. I've never paid twenty seven fifty in any other country for that short journey on a not particularly sexy train. Um, I think what they might have done, they might have looked at England. I, I genuinely think that. Because That's what they bring up all the time. They always do, don't they? And they probably said, well, in England, everything's expensive. And they probably compared it. They probably looked at the distance between central London and the airport that they call London Luton, which is the most stupid name for a Luton airport, because it's not in London. It's called London Luton, right? And it's, it's in Luton, but it's, it services London. It's a waste. It's a long way. Yeah, they've got a different accent than London. Yeah, it's totally and That's utterly a different part of yeah. England. They do this with everything. It's London Heathrow, which is more London, but it's still not London. London Gatwick, which is nearer Brighton. You've got what's the other one? London Stansted, which is near Azerbaijan. It's <laughs> absolute madness. Um, but yeah, so I reckon they looked at that and thought, "Wow, in England." It's really expensive. But they failed to look at the price of gas, which is double. So, therefore, you know, there's less incentive to people to go, hey, that train's a rip. Why am I doing an American accent for England? I can actually use my own for once. Yeah, what happened And for some there? stupid reason, I'm not even using There's the one accent I can actually do, and I decided to not do it at the run time that I should do it. Let me do a posh version instead. Why, why would I use a, a train when I can use my automobile? Is how we all speak, of course, as you know. Or at least Stewie from Family Guy does. And um, so the answer is because you can't use your automobile because gas is double the price, parking is more expensive and all the rest of it. So you have to have an incentive, is what I'm saying. So it's stupid looking at other towns. The other reason they say that they made it $27.50, um, the province wanted the Up Express to break even on operating costs in three to five years. That doesn't make any sense. You can't do that in the government. That's a a private corporation could be that unscrupulous. Yes, but when you're the government, that's our money. You can't and take it, our money it, and, and then make us pay. And, and it doesn't work. Yeah, because people go, "Well, it's too expensive, so I just won't take it." It's a like, terrible t- business. Take for model. example, uh, I don't know a random business that I'm just definitely plucking out of thin air, like MrPhotoCanvas.com. Your best place for buying canvases here in Toronto. Have you got a photograph of your children that you need blown up? Then use MrPhotoCanvas.com. Let me take that country, um, company, well, one day, you never know, um, that company, which I'm definitely pulling out randomly and I definitely have no affiliation with. That is a company that sells canvases. The small canvases are $50 a canvas, right? For a small one, a 12 by 12. That's reasonable. Thank you very much indeed. Well done. You get a coffee for that. Um, that, and I sell about 10 of those a day, right? I could price it as $500 for one canvas, and then I'd only need to sell one canvas. But no one's going to buy it! it! Seems pretty simple to me. It's so simple! So Metrolinx and uh, everyone's favourite premier, Kathleen Wynne. I'd see a lot of texts about her here. <sighs> She's not like much. No. She's a deer, though. 
I beg your pardon. She's a deer, like a lo- she, you know, not the animal. She is a deer. Oh, know? I see. I thought you were comparing her to some sort of free roaming wild beast. Some have. Um, I've seen worse texts than that. I'll tell you. Anyway. Metrolinks and Premier Kathleen Wynne's government are scrambling to increase ridership by slashing the up express fares, and they've done it. So now it's very near to your figure. It's twelve dollars as of this week, instead of twenty-seven fifty. That's nine dollars instead of nineteen dollars with a Presto card. So actually, you get a dollar back on your ten if you've got a Presto card. Nice. So how do you feel about that, sweet cheeks? That's pretty good as long as it's convenient. I don't like the twelve because a bill and a coin—it's just more. Pockets and things I got to do. You want to be able to just quickly what? Boom, Bam. in. Yeah, exactly. Love it. Uh, the entire history of the Up Express has been a case study in how not to build downtown airport rail links. Uh, neither the province nor Metrolinx apparently considered that the premium fare structure didn't offer enough of a financial incentive for people to abandon more convenient limousines, taxis. And, of course, in its building, someone invented a company called Uber. So you do need to look at that. I actually got... Remember I came back from Nicaragua the other day? I landed up at Pearson. And, I, as always, I'm that guy that goes comes back to Canada convinced that it will be boiling hot. So I arrived in a pair of shorts and a T-shirt. Minus 20. Gorgeous. And um, and I decided the best thing to do was to get a car to go, right? You know those stupid little smart cars that have got car to go written down the side? Yeah, I see them all the time. Now they've got sexy ones. I got a Mercedes, right? Wow. Proper big Mercedes. Drove it back myself. And when I looked at my credit card bill, it was $17. Driving a Mercedes wow. yourself is cheaper than getting the train. I think they knew they had a problem. So anyway. That's pretty awesome. To conclude, it's 12 bucks a piece. And um, I'm going to use it tomorrow. I'll let you know how it goes. Really? I'm going to England tomorrow. Sorry, it's a bit late notice, but I've got to go back for something. So yet again, I'm taking more time off. I'm very sorry. I promise I'll do some work one of these days. Um, so the next two shows will be with someone else. And then I'll come back. And I'm going to really work hard this summer. I promise. Okay. So, Pat, look after whoever does this show. I'll be back in a couple of weeks. Enjoy yourself. I love you all dearly. Thank you for your input on the show. My name is Vinnie White. Goodbye for now. 